in a world where... Nah, this ain't that kind of podcast. Let's be honest, the world doesn't need another podcast where we ask the same old questions to the same successful people. You're listening to the Profit and Impact Podcast with Nev Harris. Grab a seat at the table as Nev and his guests dig into the challenges that successful agencies and freelancers have overcome to achieve their success. There's no script, and Nev's insatiable curiosity and ADD can take the conversation anywhere. So let's get real and have some honest talk, lots of laughs, and some helpful insights into what it really takes to create more profit and impact in your business. Hey, it's Nev, and welcome back to another episode of the Profit and Impact Podcast. My guest today is Vito Pileg. Now, Vito, he is the founder of Etrim, okay? And he grew his agency, or he started as a freelancer, and then he grew his agency to a team of 12, and then saw the need to create this software. Now, I'm not going to tell you anything more about it, because it's a really exciting story, and I want Vito to tell you, okay? So, welcome to the podcast, Vito. Hey, how you doing, Nev? Good to be here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, uh, I love Vito. We always have we always have a great chat. We've always we we wasted a half hour before this just bullshit. Right. Vito's a good guy, so you're really gonna enjoy this. So I want to jump right into it because I love this story, and I just want um we debated on how uh, how the intro should be because I wanted Vito to tell you all the good stuff. So um, Vito, tell us how you got to this point. Expand on that little intro I gave. Right. So I actually started as, um, or I started in business really when I was really, really young. Uh, and, you know, my first uh, business was when I was about uh, nine years old. Um, all the, like the girls in the class used to make these bracelets out of glue. And I didn't know how to make the bracelets. So I found three girls and I told them, you'll make them, I'll sell them. <laughs> Uh, and uh, and uh, we made, uh, you know, we sell them for like a nickel each uh, around the school. So that was my first business with employees. It was a nightmare to manage people at this young age. Uh, but that's really where I kind of started uh, building that passion for um, for taking ideas and bringing them to, to life and bringing them to the market. Um, later on, I found I discovered music and that was my focus uh, for, uh, for almost 20 years, really, trying to uh, become a successful musician. And um, eventually we ended up uh, moving to the UK uh, and uh, touring the world with a rock band that I was a part of as or the, the leader of. And a lot of it was also focused around business for my side because I was managing the band and making sure that we do all the marketing and all of those kind of stuff. So I took the business side of things really um, to the next level, even during the music uh, time. Um, uh, and then through that, I learned how to build websites, how to do designs and all of the, all of these things. And I started building websites for some friends and then they recommended to people that became clients. So I started kind of like a freelance business from the back of a van as I was touring uh, the world with the rock band. Uh, and then once, once we turned uh, 30 and it wasn't cool to live in a smelly van with uh, four other guys <laughs> anymore. Uh, that's when I kind of put a stop to that and I tried to say, okay, let's see how far I can take this uh, web design uh, uh, business. And uh, within the first year, I, I, st I, I generated the six figures in revenue here in the UK. After three years, I already had a team of 12 and I uh, was really focused on processes and systems as we were scaling rapidly. That's when we really created the Atarim as a system that helped us deliver projects to our clients. And it worked like magic. So we brought this to market 
and it exploded. Um, uh, you know, it was the first uh, the first time that uh, we started as a WordPress plugin, and it was the first time in the WordPress ecosystem that a plugin generated more than six figures within the first thirty days. Uh, and now, two years in, we have uh, more than five thousand agencies and freelancers that are using the solution with more than one hundred and ten thousands of their clients. Wow! 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 Yeah, that that's. <clears throat> and that's that's some there, and I love the fact that you know you were so. I think a lot of your success is you were so process oriented there, like so that you were, um, you know, no, because we've talked before about the fact that one of the great things about your software is you're able to really uh, cut down on time that you're dealing with the client, and so when you're cutting down on time, you're cutting down on costs. So exactly. I think that's bringing really, up hidden profitability within your business when you're doing that, really. Yeah, and then it's just no, um, and then getting content because I think we all know that as you know, my biggest problem is like a, a agency was getting content from clients. I mean, it's it's a pain in the ass, you know. Yes. It's just like <laughs> the best moment you have for the client is before you begin the job, because <laughs> other than that, you know, it becomes a nightmare. You know, it's like, and, give and, me my damn content. Right. So th this is exactly the challenge that we had. And uh, that's that's one of the things that are plaguing this industry. And uh, and it happens in every industry. There's one or two, one or two things that are really slowing things down and uh, creating a strain on the entire process. So we focused on that. We focused on like why when you want to build a website on your own, it, it, when you know how to do it, it takes you three to five days. But when you bring in one other person into it from the outside, a client, then it becomes a four weeks to four months project. Uh, so how does that happen from three days to four months? You know, where, where, where is this gap? And we just uh, started killing all of those problems. Or like I like to say, we started consuming the complications with processes. I love that, consuming the complications. And so now that had a, so you added value and it did a great thing for clients helping them become more profitable it wasn't just making their life easier it was it literally i'm telling you this this kind of stuff is what you need to do to become more profitable um is to really get on top of your the process that you're going through and cutting down on the time it takes to turn around these websites because time is money yes. so but the other great thing it did for you is it created a recurring revenue like coming right. in right so um, I started recognizing the value of recurring revenue from the uh, uh, um, from the agency, and I actually was really back back when I was eighteen and reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and all of those <laughs> kind of stuff, uh, and understanding the the different um, um, uh, ways to generate revenue, uh, and then through music uh, creating like um, uh, you know um, a. a um, like prop property that you can lease out to to you know radio stations, video games, and these kind of stuff. Uh, but uh, but straight up recurring revenue was one of the main focuses of my agency as I was starting to scale, and it was just a struggle to pay the salaries, right? So mm -hmm. I had to create something that will uh, give me that bread and butter that I that I can rely on every single month, uh, so that 
I can just go to sleep, uh, you know, without needing to worry about these things. So um, recurring revenue was, we, you know, we sell maintenance plans and then marketing plans and, uh, and retainers, monthly retainers to clients. And through the software, it's just allowed me to do um, kind of the same thing for lower prices, of course, compared to what we were doing at the agency, uh, but at a much greater scale. Yeah, 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 and 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 for some of you, like matter for me, say this before, but um, while I was sick for about a year there, it was the recurring revenue in my business that, uh, with my cash reserves and my recurring revenue, is 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 just what lets me to be here to talk to Vita today. That's why I will pound the table on the importance of these kind of things. So, um, you want to get that in, in Vito. Did, uh, has done a marvelous job with that. I mean, it's something to a- admire for sure. And I think what you see is that, you know, it, was, it wasn't, I mean, he didn't start his agency and have this all figured out, right, Vito? Not at all. It was a mess for years. Uh, and, uh, well, it still is a mess sometimes, you know, being a business owner. And uh, that's, that's one of the things that I like, that you have problems being thrown your way every, every hour of the day that you need to figure out and you need to um, get better at and, you know, just emerge uh, victorious in, instead of, uh, you know, burnt out or, uh, or close, close shop. Uh, so there, there is challenges that are coming in every day. And I think it's part of the game. Um, I, I, after, after doing this for, uh, for many years, I embrace it. I enjoy it. I look for them, you know. And I think one of the things is exactly there, there's, there's, there's a good stress and there's bad stress. Now, client stress, you know, it might never be good, but like if you're dealing with a bunch of bullshit from clients and they're stressing you out completely, and then you look at your bank account and there's nothing there, right. <laughs> you're yes. like, why the hell am I dealing with all this stress? Oh, yeah. You know That's what I'm saying? True. Recurring yeah. revenue and, and, and simplifying the process, you know, with services like yours. I mean, I think it, it, it helps out so much and it makes dealing with it makes it like you said looking forward to the challenge instead of another challenge that you know is keeping me from becoming profitable it's like okay another another challenge that i'm looking forward to beating exactly because there's been a few times um uh, that uh, that you know you fall out of love with your business so when when you're when you're facing these situations where you know, you know that you want to do more for the customer, for the client, and you know that you can provide more, but but at the end of the month, you don't see that reward. And um, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, like that we are, everything is, uh, is roses here, uh, and we're still a bootstrap company. So we're kind of um, a, a growing the operations based on the revenue that is coming in. Uh, so it's not that, uh, you know, I'm going to go and uh, uh, um, one, buy one of those uh, tickets to space anytime soon. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but maybe in the future. <laughs> so, so let's talk about like taking something to the moon. So <laughs> recently, you know, and I love this story. Now, now if, if you pay attention to one part in this interview, you, know, you better be paying attention to the whole interview. But if you pay attention <laughs> to one part, pay attention to this part. Now. Um, I, I will preach that your pricing is a signal. You know, you single something with your pricing and it's either I am a premium offering, I am a lower end offering, you know, and I won't get into all the ways this happens, but, you know, Vito has a really great story about what he did because you might notice that his original um, plugin was called uh, 
uh, WFE feedback. And, um, and now it's Adirond. And there, there's, there is a specific reason for that. And this specific reason allowed him to grow uh, in six months, which would have taken two to three years. So tell, tell us that story, Vito. How did you do this? What did you do? I mean, everybody wants to do that kind of growth. <laughs> so when we, I think it even started when we first launched the plugin. So uh, we used to have a few, or I still have a few kind of uh, plugins that are side projects that are just generating income from the side without much uh, work going into them. Uh, so I already started seeing the value there because you can sell one of those WordPress plugins for five bucks and you can sell, you know, uh, it does. But um, we released this one plugin that we thought would never work or the audience was so, so small for it that we priced it at $150 a year, right? For one okay. website. And um and it actually became the most profitable uh, uh, plugin that we did because we just thought that no one would buy it, but we didn't need many people to buy, to buy that uh, in order for it to become profitable. So even with a few hundred people, hundred people on it, I'm still making an, uh, a few a few dozens of uh, thousands a year from something that doesn't require much attention at, at all. Uh, so um, so going into what was WP feedback. I knew that I didn't want to position us as one of those cheap plugins from the beginning. Because uh, I, uh, first of all, I knew the impact that we can create because we were using this solution internally within my agency. And like you're saying, it's such a headache to deal with clients and get the content and approve the designs and all this mess. Uh, so what we did is already from day one, we priced, uh, you know, there's all of these lifetime deals out there for 50 bucks. Mm -hmm. So we sold our initial lifetime deal that that's what allowed us to build um, uh, some traction and some uh, revenue to start a company. Instead of mm -hmm. for 50 bucks, we sold it for 500. And, wow. and um, so and, and then that worked. So we upped it to 600. Uh, and so we generated about $300,000 in revenue in, in the first six months of the company just by selling a few hundreds of these licenses to people that really wanted them. So we, of course, offered refunds if needed, uh, but uh, but fortunately we didn't get much of, of, of this happening. So nice. uh, this really worked uh, really well to start building a product. Then as, uh, as we were working with customers and we started listening to feedback, we learned that there is a lot of a lot more that we can do for them. And so we, we developed further and I and created the team and now we're a team of 10 that are focused around this product. And um, that requires a lot of development, a lot of investment into development. And, and after about a year and a half of doing that, I started feeling the same as I felt um, during the early agency days that I was giving so much and we haven't changed the prices since day one. Uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, and so I started thinking, how can I do that? How can I do that? People were perceiving us as a feature like we were at the beginning rather than uh, a suite of tools or a platform, really. And so we decided to go through a massive rebrand. And by that point, we already had a few thousand customers uh, uh, that, are that were using the tool. And, um, and doing a rebrand when you, when, when, you, know, mm -hmm. when you have a few thousand uh, customers and, and reviews on, on multiple platforms and appearances on, on podcasts and, and, and you know, all over the internet, it's a mess. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a mess that I had to go through uh, so that we can reposition ourselves as more of the offering that we wanted to be a part of. So more of a SaaS tool that uh, can help bigger agencies, not just small freelancers at that point. And so along with, the, with this, we pretty much 10x the price of our solution. And it, 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 it wasn't the same product anymore. It was like a night and day compared to where it started. And I wanted to signal that in the pricing as well. So once we did the rebrand, it took months to do, but once we finished that process, we started seeing bigger agencies coming our way. They started perceiving that us like we knew that we were as a, as a high-end solution that can solve a really big problem instead of just another um, toy. And yeah, and, and from there, just uh, a, a, again, dealing with less clients, but more revenue, uh, which obviously creates more profits because there's less hassle. And um, that allowed us to really uh, it more than double the company's size in what we did for two years compared to the past uh, six months. Yeah, now that, now that that is a story. That is an inspiring story. And that's about, you know, being able to raise your prices. And I always say, you know, you know, you hear all the time, raise your prices, raise your prices. And there's some room for, for pretty much anybody to raise their price. Yeah. But you can't 10x your price without, you know, having, you know, some kind yeah. of value you're adding there, some kind of positioning that, to go along with it. But yeah. before you get to that point, you know, you have to have the foundational level, which is understanding your processes, you know, locking in your processes, controlling your cost by controlling your processes. And then that foundation of a profitable, you know, cost controlled business allows you to build up all these other things. And that's, you know, and, and Vito had done that and he, and he built this foundation and then he was able to like 10 X his price and then, you know, become insanely more profitable and attract you know, much, much, much bigger clients. So yeah. it's just like a lot of times it's well-intentioned advice, but it's like telling a baby, all you have to do is run. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why don't we teach the baby how to walk first? Yeah. <laughs> you know, be sure he's not going to fall on his face, you know? And then, you know, he's probably going to fall on his face a few times. So I have a baby now, so I know that they fall on their face a few times. Yeah. That's part of the game, you know, that's part of the game. <laughs> Now, games, this, this, this is a great interlude or whatever you call it when you go into the next subject. But um, uh, there, there's a really cool game that you play that, that, you, um, that you've told me about. And I haven't got to play it yet because I'm, and I'm dying to. But, you know, I just think this is so cool and it, it fits the Neff Harris brand. So well. why don't you tell us about this? All right. So uh, I actually played this game um, first for the first time years ago. Uh, I'm originally from Tel Aviv, from uh, Israel. And they used to do those um, those like board game sessions where a bunch of people would come in and play this particular game in a room in different tables and stuff. And it's uh, it's a game by um, Robert Kiyosaki, the guy that wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It's called Cashflow. Uh, and it really teaches you, um, what it does, it really takes you from, uh, a, 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 it gives you like a persona. So you can be like a nurse or you can be a pilot or you can be like a police officer or whatever. Uh, and that comes along with uh, with uh, income, liabilities, um, any type of uh, of investment that this persona has done before, or uh, or have any um, you know assets that they accumulated. And then you, you play the game of life, really. And the idea is to just get out of this rat race 
by generating enough uh, um, um, passive income that will exceed or recurring income that will exceed your uh, salary income, uh, whatever it was, may be based on your character. Uh, so yeah, I love this game. I've been playing, and, and there is an online version of it that I would recommend to people. Uh, people just go in and play. And what what really is nice about this is that it allows you to make this mindset shift uh, and to and to recognize these opportunities that are all around us for generating um, different uh, uh, streams of income, different streams of revenue uh, that uh, or where to put the money that you're already making from your day-to-day work, you know? And that's another challenge that a lot of us, we were just never taught how to do that, you know? We just need to figure these things out. And so, um, yeah, I would highly recommend go and check out Cashflow. It's a great game. Yeah, so it sounds like a, like when I was a kid, I used to love the game of life. You know, you had that little spinner in the middle, you know, had the little plastic cards that you put the people in. So it sounds like an adult version of like that, you know, that, you know, like you said, actually teaches you lessons and trains you how to think better uh, as a business person. So the more you play it, you you start recognizing, I started recognizing things in my own life that I start that I, oh, nice. I I did that in the game a few months ago and now I'm doing (laughs) it in the world. That's really cool. (laughs) Where would they find this game? Um, so I have it like on a, on a short, on, on a shortcut on my iPad. So let me, let me check where that is. Uh, but I guess if you just Google uh, cash flow game, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, um, okay, the author of Rich Dad, Dad, Dad. you're going to find that for sure. So yeah, it's, um, it's called, yeah, just Rich Dad. What is the URL here? Uh, richdad.com forward slash that's it. Richdad.com. And you're going to find that game in there uh, okay. for free. And there's people from all over the world. Anytime that you want to play, just play against other people or you can play yourself. It's really cool. Nice, nice, nice. So um, if you were to go back and uh, the long haired, you know, like um, successful rock band singer <laughs> living, in, li- living, in the, living in the van, um, what, what advice would you give that uh, younger Vito? Um, you don't know what's coming. <laughs> uh, that's what I would tell me first. Uh, you, you have no idea what's coming because I that like a lot of the things that happened in my uh, um, were just not something that I planned for, uh, but just opportunities that came my way and I knew to take them. Uh, and uh, I, I think that um, the, let's say the first ten years of my adult life, I didn't act like that. I was more around. Um, I have my, what I want to do and I'm just going to run my head into, in, into the wall until I get there. Uh, but actually recognizing opportunities that are all around us um, is a really way, good way for creating shortcuts in life because instead of creating opportunities, you just have to identify them. Yeah, I, 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 I love that. I, I absolutely love that. And then what, um, and I, I could say that, what allows you to take advantage of more opportunities that come your way without the fear of, you know, uh, is understanding like how your money plays into your business and having that recurring revenue or having that ability to take advantage of an opportunity because you set yourself up for, uh, for financial success. So. Um, I, I, I agree with this. Uh, um, but I would also say that um, if, if you have nothing, then you have nothing to lose. So you can, 
can just do it, you know, because a lot of times we're, and I remember, I remember a lot of time in lives when, when I didn't have the money and I wanted to do something, I let that stop me. And, um, and then later on, when, when I, again, didn't have it for, for other reasons or, you know, wasn't really, uh, um, I didn't have enough for what I wanted. Um, I just took the opportunity that I had in front of me to take things to the next level. Um, even though I knew that it's going to give me a few steps back in, for the initial for the initial game. It's like, you know, when you invest into, uh, you know, we're talking money. So if you invest into real estate, you're putting a whole bunch of money into walls that uh, you're probably going to see a return on it in a few years time. Um, but for some reason, to some people, that seems uh, like a more uh, or an easier thing to, to accept than to start a business or jump into a business idea that you may have. And you really think it's the right thing to do, but you just got, keep coming up with excuses and, um, you know, and, and not, not just go for it. So uh, see what's in front of you. Don't, don't be afraid to take two steps back. Uh, if you believe, and if you have the, the passion for it, you're going to make it happen. Yeah, I think uh, I think I think you, I think you hit a, a excellent point there that I absolutely love. It's um, having a long term focus. I think right. um, the problem, one of the problems today is everybody has like so much of a short term focus, especially when it comes to money, especially right. when it comes to you know one of my favorite subjects, is capitalism. Like you know, capitalism has gone way off the rails, way 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 off the rails because of having such a short term focus. You know, right. all like modern day capitalism cares about the the quarter cares about what's going to happen in the next three months. And like what you're saying is, you know, make decisions based on the next three years, you know, yeah. uh, you even know, if I, that takes a step back. Uh, when I went into, uh, into this SaaS world or, or started, decided to move away from the agency model and into this software. Um, I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do for the next 10 years. And it's amazing what you can do in 10 years. If you compared to, if you keep bouncing around every two or three and, close stuff. You can add things to it. If you have the capacity, you have the time and you have ways to leverage money and people around you, you can add more stuff to it. But um, the impact that you can create from doing something straight for 10 focused years is, is, is insane. Yeah. This brings up, um, uh, and I forget who said this, you know, I, um, probably uh, like, Bill Lincoln Gates. or Gandhi, because everything uh, seems to be attributed to them. Right. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, but uh, it's um, we underestimate, we overestimate what we could get done in a day, and underestimate what we could, we could get done in a year. I and had a feeling you say that. That's that's Bill Gates. Bill Gates. Bill Gates. Said, <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> I yeah. knew someone said it. <laughs> and I remember I this. This is a great saying, and this is exactly where I took the, the inspiration for uh, this one sentence. Is what inspired me to do this uh, going into here. But there's another great saying by Bill Gates that says uh, he once said that if he would have waited for Windows to be out, he would still still be building it. Right. So you got to get out there and get it, you know, get it out there and then iterate and improve always instead of just, uh, you know, just wait. That's a lesson I have to learn. You know, I always like I when Seth Godin said once and I try to and I try to beat this into my head. This is the last 10 percent is for you. Right. You know, the yes. last tweaks you make the last like no one cares. Yes. You know, it's but, you know, they, you know, put ship it, make the impact you know, and then improve it if, if you think it needs improved, but chances are, yeah. So yeah, I, uh, 
fell fast and fell often. I, 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 I'm a little bit reticent about that and I need, I, I know I'm working on that. So, <laughs> but all right. Well, um, where can they find you Vito? Uh, you can uh, check out the uh, Atarim, A-T-A-R-I-M dot I-O. And uh, you can find me on Twitter, Vito Peleng. And uh, there's a Facebook group if you're an agency owner or a freelancer building websites for clients. Um, we do weekly coaching sessions. Uh, we bring in experts from all over the space. Come join us on Facebook. Just search for Atarim or even search agencies and freelancers on Google. I think we're, our blog post is the first um, or Facebook groups for uh, agencies and freelancers. Wow, that's amazing. And Atarim, uh, that's spelled A-T-A-R-I-M? Correct. Right, okay, fantastic. Um, I highly, highly, highly recommend you checking out Vito. Um, every time I've heard him talk, every time I've had a chance to uh, talk with him one-on-one, it's always been uh, an eye-opening, very enjoyable experience. Thank so you. like I say, uh, Boring not included with Nev, you know, boring is sure as hell not included with, with Vito. So <laughs> check his stuff out and you will not regret it. So, all right. Well, um, say goodbye, Vito. Well, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed everyone. Yep. Yep. Thanks. Next week, we'll be back with a solo episode. I'll be ranting on some other subject. So um, stay tuned. All right. That was the Profit and Impact Podcast with Nev Harris. For a full recap of this show, or for more info on making more profit and impact with your agency or freelance business, visit nevharris.com. If you liked this episode, show us some love. Give us a rating and comment over on iTunes and help Nev get the message out to more agency owners and freelancers. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.